guys, this is Frisky Doll, the Barbecue Wizard, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Bye-bye. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate two feet before we nursed. But listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show, where we talk about live fire barbecue and grilling-related topics. Doing it live from... Palm City, USA. Cleveland. If you're just tuning in and you missed the first hour, number one, where have you been? Number two, don't worry. We're recording for a podcast, which will be released through the course of the week. Hour number one will be released... At 11.55 tonight. Now, since the move to the new website... Oh, wait a second. You can believe it or not. Weighing in from perhaps Chardon or Willoughby, Ohio, is none other than Madison Rempe. hey <laughs> Saying hi from Maddie and Steve. So, Maddie and Steve, wherever you are within Lake County, thank you for tuning in. Happy to have you aboard for the second hour of the most prolific live fire barbecue and grilling show everywhere or anywhere where you can experience fun and frivolity at every turn. So, hour number one will be released 11.55 tonight, and through the launch of the new website, we're finding that the podcast feed updates... At breakneck speed. So I might actually wait until 1 a.m. tomorrow morning so it's up and ready when you get out of the rack and get your day going. Listen to it in the car on the way to work or save it for the weekend when you mow the lawn, whatever you do, or however you consume your podcast. Hour number two will be released on Thursday, and I'll talk to you about Friday here in just one second. Still to come on the show this evening, Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey and Seth Sawyer from Charbroil, the product manager out there. We say good evening to those of you watching tonight through one of our video streaming platform partners. You can go to YouTube or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch on YouTube slash RD Rempe, where there is a robust chat going on, but we also have a YouTube poll question of the week. Maybe I missed the YouTube update, you know, because I hate YouTube as much as they hate me. But I believe you can also find the show uh, youtube.com slash at, like the at sign, at BBQ Central Show instead of the R.D. Rempe. I'm sure R.D. Rempe gets you to where you want to go, but they've changed that. Maybe I changed that. I don't remember. But uh, youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show should also get you to the show homepage. Who gives a shit about that? 
It's time to update the YouTube poll question of the week. I asked you, does it matter if a barbecue restaurant has Brunswick stew or not? 100% of you are saying no. I'm shocked. I think it matters. Wes Wright said no, but he wanted to say yes, but I think he cowered to the vocal majority, that being 100%. But we'll see if that tracks through the rest of the show. we still got two more guests to go through, and who knows who's going to pop in and weigh in through the poll. I'm sure there's going to be some type of spoiler out there just so it's not 100% one way or the other. So we'll keep track on that. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 282, taking you back to May 22nd, 2012. Featured this week is the creator of a company and product that is still around today named Mojo Bricks. The owner's name, Fred Gross. Ironically enough, Fred has ties here to Bomb City, USA. I believe his wife was originally from Eastlake, Ohio, which is the city just west of me here in Willoughby. So I've actually met Fred in person a few times and been on the receiving end of some test products back in the day when he was really full-blown into Mojo Bricks. And within this episode, we talk about his background and we also talk about how he got into the whole barbecue business and then how that pushed him into the Mojo Brick side of things. Fred's product, unique. It's compressed sawdust. Not a pellet, but it's like a wood cube. I believe they're just cubes now, but back in the day, he was making Mojo uh, bricks and Mojo logs. You could supplement an offset fire pit with these Mojo logs, and they would burn for hours on end. And they were 100% whatever wood he was doing, maple, oak, apple, just big. They looked like a cinder block brick, but it was compressed sawdust. So very unique, especially at that time. If you're looking for something that can give you good, clean smoke and do it for a long period of time, then I would suggest hitting the Googles and seeing where you might be able to grab them present day. That's Fred Gross, and the company is Mojo Bricks, M-O-J-O-B-R-I-C-K-S, Mojo Bricks. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or segment again on this show that you feel has been lost in the archives, email John and let him know what you would like to hear, J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Greg Rappi reporting from the Breaking News Desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, the city that breaks the most live-fire breaking news across the country. Nay, the globe. The first All-Star Barbecue Series event is happening this weekend. That's right. The famous Dave's and World Food Championships collab is getting ready to run a number of weeks through like almost three months here this summer. And it starts this weekend in Las Vegas. Now, what can you expect if you go to the event? You can expect it to run between 12 and 4 p.m. Free barbecue wings for the first 200 attendees. A chance to win a free Gateway Drum Smoker. That's the price of admission right there. You can meet famous sorry, famous Dave Anderson at selected dates. So go to the website and check those out. You can also watch a celebrity pitmaster along with other barbecue all-stars as they go head-to-head for ultimate bragging rights. And the grand prize that I mention, there is a live DJ. Hey-oh! Ah, right. 
So, if you like live DJs, you like barbecue all-stars and celebrity chefs and Dave Anderson and a chance to win a free gateway drum smoker, go to Las Vegas at the Famous Dave's out there between 12 and 4, and you can see it all go down. All the details at FamousDaves.com slash All-Star BBQ Series, all one word together. FamousDaves.com slash All-Star BBQ Series. And by the way, the next event in just a couple weeks' time, June 3rd, 2023 in El Paso, Texas. Friend of the show, Jason Kaplan, is writing a review of Martin's Barbecue. This was written by Jason and not Artificial Intelligence. And I quote, until I say unquote, I went to Nashville hoping to hit at least one of the three barbecue places, Martin's, Hattie B's, or Peg Leg Porkers. Unfortunately, I only got to one of them, Martin's. Got there between 11.30 and noon on a Saturday. Line was not long, but shortly after we ordered, the line was already out the door. Nashville seemingly sleeps in on Saturday morning. Place was a ghost town before noon. First impressions. Place smells great. You can smell the wood, something you rarely get in a New York City barbecue joint where Jason's from. It was really large. I always think of a barbecue place as tiny, but the staff was insanely friendly and helpful, greeting you at the door, telling you where to go and how to get your food, checking us, uh, checking on us constantly. Just great service. I ordered the big three, pork, brisket, and ribs. We also got the smash burger and their fried bologna sandwich and sides, mac and cheese, coleslaw, fries, cornbread, hoe cake, broccoli salad, and potato salad. Tons and tons of drinking options, three full bars, fully stocked from beer to whiskey. We did the beer. You order at the counter and take a number to any table. This place is huge. We sat outside. The food was available to us almost instantly. Here's the food reviews. Brisket, perfect. Salty, peppery. The pieces we had from there were on the lean end, which makes it a little bit more impressive that it was still that moist. On the rib side, Tennessee dry style, lots of loose finishing rub on top. Delicious fall off the bone. Highlight for me, dipped them in some of their sweet sauce a few times, but it didn't need it. How about that? Then the pork. This was interesting. It's not shoulder. They do a whole hog there. I thought it was bland. It was perfect texture, though. But then I realized they had a sweet vinegar sauce on the table, Jack's Creek. And when this was added to the pork, it was amazing. And then we put some sauce on the pork, on the slaw, on the white bread. It was delicious. The burger, classic smash burger done perfectly. Old school bologna. I was not going to order this because who the fuck wants bologna? But my friends who had been there before insisted on it. And holy shit, this was the biggest surprise for me. It's not Oscar Mayer bologna. It's a big, thick, fresh bologna like a chub. Served thick slice on a roll with yellow mustard and pickles. Amazing. I wanted to eat the whole thing. I don't know how this is a Martin's thing, a Tennessee thing, whatever. It's 10 out of 10. Side note, I'm 100% going to make this at home. Maybe even try it with mortadella instead of bologna. Overall, Martin's fantastic. Great experience. Great food. Great people. Very glad if we only went to one place. This was it. Only criticism. After we ate, I wanted to buy some merch. And that wasn't that easy. But I bought some online and they got me in it. So 10 out of 10. By the way, a timely review by Jason Kaplan from the Howard Stern Show because I've had at least three or four people say they were going to Nashville. And where should they go? And I say Martin's. Justified. Hmm. Now I'm looking into my switcher box here and I'm very worried about something but I'm not going to portray my worry to the general global internet public no no 
I'm instead going to launch my Microsoft Word program and make sure that I did this properly. And if not, you know, the day that I need Word to take all day to launch. Well, good news. It's taking all day to launch. Thank you. Thank you for that. All right. Now we're finally up. We'll go to Colin Link. We'll go to this one. I swear I sent it, but let's not go nuts here. They're probably sitting with bated breath. Where's the link? Where's the link? Well, we're sending it right now, of course. When we come back, we hope to have at least Susie, and if not Todd, or both, right here on the show as we do a quarterly segment. We never saw a link in your emails. Can you send? We're standing by. How about that? We're on the same wavelength. So we'll have them when we come back. You stick around, and we'll be right back. Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories to complete that Pit Barrel cooking experience. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit Pit barrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. Leading off the second hour of this evening and joining me for the first time here in 2023, almost halfway through the year, is the creator of the Hey Grill Hey brand, also a TV cooking competitor and judge, a content creator, recipe developer. Of course, talking about our pal Susie Bullock from Hey Grill Hey. Susie, before we get going tonight, of course, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that we're asking everybody this question does it matter to you if you go to a barbecue restaurant that it has brunswick stew on the menu yes or no it doesn't matter to me if it has it or not but if it's on there i will probably order it all right so it's a no but it doesn't matter but if it's there you will eat kind of like yeah well i'm a huge fan so if it if it doesn't have Brunswick stew, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, Wes Wright from cookoutnews.com was exactly in your lane. It's not there, you know, no worries. But if it's there, it's probably a good chance he's going to get a bowl. And if it's really good, he's probably going to go home with an additional bowl. Uh-huh. I've yeah. often thought, you know, you look at this Brunswick stew, and my first thought in the beginnings of my barbecue journey was maybe this isn't such a really great barbecue place. Because if the Brunswick stew is that good, that means the barbecue isn't being sold and you have to find a way to get rid of the extra barbecue meat. So now you've made a great <laughs> Brunswick stew. Is that a misnomer in your opinion? Um, I've never thought that the barbecue place was bad if they had Brunswick stew. That wasn't an immediate assumption. 
Um, but I am like, I'm a big fan of Brunswick stew in my house because <laughs> As much as I, every time I post a leftover recipe on Facebook or anywhere, I get leftover barbecue, what's that? But also, I cook an ungodly amount of barbecue at my house with my job and the people that we have around. Like, I, I cook so much barbecue. I regularly have leftover mm. barbecue. So Brunswick stew has kind of become a little bit of a, a, a savior for me in terms of being able to actually eat what we make because Todd does not love leftovers. Um, he's been on the show before. If you're not familiar, Taste Test Todd is my husband. He is uh, he is responsible for eating all the food that I make. But he does not love leftover meat. Like he's pretty particular about it. And Brunswick stew is one of the few ways that I can actually get him to eat leftover barbecue. So it <laughs> is it's well, I, I love a good Brunswick stew. Do you have a, a recipe off the top of your head that you would like to share with us as we kick off the question? What should we be making for Memorial Day? <laughs> sure. Or how about the day after Memorial Day? Yeah, of course. On Memorial Day, you make all the barbecue. The day after Memorial Day, you put it in a big pot and you have a stew. So on my website, I have hundreds of recipes on my website or on the Hey Grill Hey app. You can down it in, download that in the App Store or in the Google Play Store, whatever type of device you have, the app is there. But if you just type in Brunswick stew... Uh, I do have a recipe. I like to make mine with brisket and pulled pork, but it's also incredibly delicious with smoked chopped chicken. Um, you can even do like pulled rib meat. I We do chuck roast in there, like literally anything that you have that is great cooked at that higher temperature that kind of gives you that melt in your mouth, fall apart consistency is the way to go. There is some discretion for people like on what goes into a Brunswick stew, right? Um, it, it's kind of made with customizations in mind. So mm. I am a person that likes mine with onion, celery, and bell pepper, but I know some, and I use fresh garlic. Some people it's no garlic and some people instead of onion, celery, and bell pepper, some people do carrots. I prefer the bell pepper. It's more like the Holy Trinity that you get in kind of that Cajun Louisiana style cooking. Uh, I also like corn in mine, but mm. it's pretty standard to have lima beans. And I, I'm not a huge lima bean fan, so we we go with corn instead. But it's very customizable, and then it kind of has this tomatoey barbecue style base with I like lots of Worcestershire sauce in there, mm. and it's kind of this delicious chili meets barbecue stew kind of a situation, and I love it. From a viscosity or thickness standpoint, are you a little bit more on the loose, like soupy side, or is it more stiff? I'm more like a stew, but not quite a chili, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like chili is like a really thick, it coats your spoon. Um, and soup is like, you know, you get the thinner broth thing. I feel like a Brunswick stew is kind of that sweet spot right in the middle. So now we've helped people for the day after Memorial Day. What should we be doing for Memorial Day? That's the big <laughs> deal. That's the kickoff to grilling and barbecue season for those folks that deal in seasons of course we don't yes. Susie that's a nonsense talk listen we cook all year yeah so what uh what should we be making for memorial day um i think some of the most popular recipes on my site around memorial day are smoked ribs uh that seems to be a classic across the board lots of people doing briskets and i think we're gonna see a lot of briskets this year i don't know what it's like in your area but prices have started to come down for whole packer brisket. So we're seeing more and more people 
start cooking brisket and ribs again because it's a little bit more affordable than it has been the past couple of years. So if you've been holding off on the big meats, I think this might be a year to go for it because prices are coming down. And, you know, it's let's let's kick off the season. I feel like uh, the last couple of years have been kind of weird and everybody, we just want to eat barbecue and chill, man. Like, <laughs> let's, I, thought, let's I think we got a t-shirt like ready to go for print. Let's yeah. eat barbecue and chill. Yeah, that's a that's a great plan. World peace. Rib wise, um, but yeah. Rib wise, what's the method for you? I have cooked ribs a bajillion different ways because I want to test all the different methods. But right now, what we're doing the most is running them at about two seventy five. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll do a slather. My slather right now is my zesty gold uh, mustard based barbecue sauce. So it's got like kind of that classic mustard vibe, but a little bit of sweetness, and you've got those whole grain pops of mustard in there. So it's really awesome to start from a texture perspective. Um, and then we'll hit them with the rib rub, put them on at 275 in the offset and just let them roll for about four and a half to five-ish hours. Um, I, I peek on them every once in a while. I'll spritz with apple juice if it looks like they're kind of you know drying out. I like to keep the outsides a little bit tacky. Uh, I'm a saucer. So I, I typically will sauce in the last half hour, but Todd's a no sauce guy. So if we're doing two wrap, two racks, we'll do a dry rack and a sauced rack. And they're usually uh, bendy and pulling back from the bone and ready to go kind of around that, that four and a half to five hour market. I'm not hearing any and foiling. I'm a spares girl all the way. Uh, I love to foil if I am going for a specific flavor profile. Mm. So on my website, I have a lot of different flavor profiles for ribs. I have like apple jalapeno ribs or fireball peach ribs. And so if I'm looking to dial in and really infuse the meat itself with a specific flavor, then I love to foil wrap and kind of get all of that flavor into the rib meat itself. Mm. Uh, And then I'll usually reinforce it with a sauce or a glaze that mirrors the flavors that are in the rub. And that's kind of like a high impact, but I think the more that I cook barbecue, the lazier I get. And so if I can just like check it on there and not think about it for five hours, fantastic. Uh, and all I got to do is kind of babysit the fire. Great. Um, but if I'm just cooking them on my pellet smoker, then I don't have to worry about babysitting my fire and I can put a little bit more uh, time and attention into, you know, the foiling and the saucing and all the fun things. What kind of offset do you get? Uh, we have a sweet, beautiful, really affordable <laughs> char griller smoking champ. I think it really? clocks in at like 329. I kid you not. Oh. Um I've had I've some heard nightmares bigger about those things. Beastier I love it. <laughs> it's so we live in a really temperate area. I think if you're battling, you know, wind and rain and exterior issues like Sure, it probably would be a little bit of a pain to cook on because it's not super thick steel. But we live in a temperate area, so it's not it's not a big deal for us. We can get that thing running at two seventy five every forty five minutes. Go check a log on, and it it just chugs along. And I think the price point is pretty sweet. And mm-hmm. I I like that I can wheel it in and out of my like I, we have a little smoker garage on the back of our house, uh, and I can put it away and I can pull it out, and it's easy to use and ready to go and easy to clean and. Um, it, it made it a lot, it honestly made offset smoking a lot more accessible to me because it wasn't a whole thing. It heats up really fast. Like, you know, when you're bringing an offset smoker up to temperature, you have to build the fire an hour before 
let it come up, oh, regulate, yeah. all of that. Like it's it's lickety split. I can get that thing up to temp in 15 to 20 minutes and it's ready to cook on. So it just it just made it a lot more accessible from a backyard busy person perspective to still have that offset experience without all of the intimidation factor and overhead expense and time investment. So we have brisket and ribs for the main meats. What are one or two favorite sides? Ooh, okay. Um, I have a barbecue chicken pasta salad on my website that I feel like is a sleeper hit. Um, because you know, a lot of times it's like the cornbread and you know, like all, all of the things that we get, but I have this barbecue chicken salad and it has smoked chicken and the dressing, which I think, uh, makes or breaks a, um, like a pasta salad in my example, or in my opinion. So the dressing for this one is like this awesome combination of mayo and sour cream and lemon juice, but it also has my fish and veggie rub, which is kind of like a, a fresher version of like a ranch seasoning. It doesn't have like the MSG or the milk powder, but it has all those ranch seasonings. And then my barbecue sauce. So it's kind of like a barbecue ranch dressing for the pasta salad. So it's creamy and tangy. And it's fantastic. And it, it covers all the bases. It's got like big chunks of cheddar in there and avocado. And it's real, real good. So head over to Susie's website. Make sure you get all these. Try them out for Memorial Day <laughs> here in like a week and a half or whenever it is. So uh, heygrillhay.com yeah. or download the app she was talking about. You can have it right there in the palm of your hand. 2023 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee Susie will be announced in about a week and a half. Exclusively here on this show. At 3 p.m., uh, a week from tomorrow, and there is yeah. a list of 10 finalists, which I sent to Todd, and hopefully you've had yeah, a chance I to saw review. Okay. So if you had a vote, look, let's make sure that we say all this up front. We love everybody on the list. Everybody deserves to be on the list, blah, blah, blah. Nobody, every, we're all big boys and girls here, ladies and gentlemen. So if you had a vote <laughs> to pick your top four, who would you be putting into the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year? Uh, number one, Flora Payne. All right. I think, I, I mean, listen, I will vote for a woman to enter the barbecue of Hall of Fame every single year because every woman that has cooked barbecue has blazed a trail for me to be able to do what I currently do. Uh, every single one of them. So Flora Payne, absolutely. Uh, her place is an establishment in, in, she's in Memphis, right? Yeah. She, Why can't I remember? What I yeah. find amazing about Flora Payne, not to diverge you off of your bold answers here, is that when you look at Flora Payne and then you look at Desiree Robinson, I mean, you couldn't have two more exact lifelines that are going on. Husbands start barbecue restaurants. Husbands get lazy and die. And now these women are taking <laughs> over the barbecue restaurants. It's unbelievable. <laughs> these women are have taken over the restaurants. And now it's like, you know, through the generations now. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And in the same city. Yes. It is a multi-generational restaurant. And I think she just celebrated uh, 50 years at Payne's, like pretty recently. So yeah. this is like, this is a show or this is a restaurant that, like you said, it, it is multi-generational. It has impacted the community for a really long time. And she herself has been a trailblazer in the community. So Flora Payne's my number one. All right. Uh, my number two is Malcolm Reed. All right. I don't think uh, 
a few other people on the list have had the impact that Malcolm has had on expanding the barbecue community. Uh, and his has been mostly through digital media, which I think is fantastic. It's, it's a newer approach to barbecue than what we've seen uh, in previous nominees that have been accepted into the Hall of Fame. Because, you know, we had the competition space, we have the restaurant space, we have the television space. But Malcolm has really uh, forged his own path in in reaching people and bringing people into that barbecue community. So that is my second vote. Right. Uh, my third is Dave Raymond, Sweet Baby Rays. I think the reach, again, oh, not in huge. the TV or commercial space, but just uh, you know in the grocery space specifically has been massive. And to not have it be – I know that it's been purchased and, and – all of these things, Sweet Baby Rays is not what it was when he started it, but uh, to have him come from a really authentic space and grow that into such, you know, a noteworthy and national brand, I think is fantastic. Um, okay, who was my last one? Who was my last one? Who was my last one? I can't remember. Um, I got my list right here. I don't know. I feel like there are a lot... <laughs> I was kind of going back and forth between several of them. So Roger Mooking, I think, is one um, from from a television perspective is awesome because he hasn't just highlighted um, Pitmasters. You know, you kind of go back and forth. It's either the competition space or the restaurant space. Like he is just focused on great outdoor cooking and great barbecue and great wood-fired cooking. And so the shows that he've done, he's done have really exposed a, a lot of his audience to new styles of cooking mm. outside of just traditional American barbecue, which I think is really awesome. Um, I think Byron Chisholm is an awesome nominee. I know that he's been on the list before, uh, but he has such a history, man. And, you know, the butt rub is iconic. I think oh. the butt rub has been on the market for... 25 over years. 20, 25 years. <laughs> yeah. And as somebody who's creating a product in, you know, the barbecue line, like I could only hope to have a product that has that much durability and, and longevity in the market space. So those were kind of my, my two on, on the fourth pick there. All right. So if you had to pick between those two, who are you putting it? Uh, Byron. Byron. All right. Well, I appreciate your honesty and your, as Daniel Vaughn said, we are courageous on the show, so I appreciate your <laughs> courageousness. Uh, a couple minutes left here, Susie, so I know tomorrow you are probably either getting in a car or jumping a bird and heading Wheels to the aforementioned Memphis. So uh, what are you looking forward to at Memphis in May, the 2023 version? I cannot wait to see all my friends. Uh, the barbecue family is big and wide, and I'm out here in Utah, which is kind of like a barbecue island a little bit. Um, we, I mean, we have some amazing talent here, but I have friends from all over the country, and Memphis kind of feels like a family reunion where everybody gets back together and you get to see people that you haven't seen all year um, that aren't always on the competition circuit or you know circulating around, but they show up for Memphis. So I'm excited to see all my friends. Uh, I'm cooking with a really fun team this year. I'm cooking with Joe from Slaps in Kansas City. Oh, lucky you. And I know it's going to be so much fun. There are some really cool people on his team, and we're going to be doing the whole hog. I get to enter the beef category this year and hopefully help out with a couple other categories. We're turning one of my sauces in as well, so uh, 
looking forward to see how how everything plays out and how the results fall. Is that something I should go to? It's wild. Yes, absolutely. You should go to Memphis and May once in your life. Even just buy a spectator pass. Not only oh, is... Oh, I pay for nothing, Susie. You know who I am? Oh, okay. Walk there in you. with your knowledge. Just walk in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you get in. I, they always make me have a tag. Uh, I'm not as cool as you, though. So that's, oh, there's no. That. I think we have an um, argument now. But it's worth walking through the park because... All of your favorite pitmasters that you've ever seen on TV are there. And they're all just like hanging out, cooking barbecue, and shooting the breeze. So the accessibility of people that you probably otherwise don't have an opportunity to talk to is insane. But additionally, all of these really massive brands are there mm. in the barbecue and grilling space. And they're running demos and doing samples and having people show up. And it feels like the most barbecue-focused party you've ever been to and it is, it's just a delight to be a part of. So I highly recommend checking out Memphis in May. Um, I, I, I'm grateful every year that I get to go. It's so much fun. If I told you that Myron Mixon isn't going this year because he accidentally booked a cooking school class on the weekend of Memphis in May, would you believe me? I would absolutely believe it's you. It's 100% true. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, can you give me context on this? Oh, yeah. Yes, I can. I can give you context on this. So my friend, Rachel, she's one of my best friends. Uh, she earned her gold play button on YouTube, which means a million YouTube subscribers. Ah, wow. It's a pretty substantial event. And it was her birthday. So she wanted to have a gold party, but got really ill and wasn't actually able to throw it for herself. And oh. she's been ill for a couple of years now and her health is declining. And so oh dear. a group of our friends got together and decided, you know what? She needs to have her gold party. So we threw her gold party wow. and naturally we had to go all out. So I got Todd a golden black suit from Amazon to match my dress. Wow. And is that where you got I, your, you know, your dress? Listen. I did not get my dress from Amazon. <laughs> I did find it on the internet, though. And I mean, they I just couldn't be almost one hundred percent matching. So similar. Holy I mean, magical. Moly. It was it was a magical event. Um, and also, I think we were the best dressed couple. I I I mean, I, know I would leave party, if I showed up and saw you guys. Listen. I would head for the hills. <laughs> Holy moly! You guys are dynamic. Susie's got the like. What's happening? Todd's looking for the next barbecue sandwich. I mean, this yeah, is it unbelievable. Was a great amount of fun. Wow. Well, yes. Well, congratulations <laughs> on that. And uh, safe travels to you and to Todd. Please uh, give him my well wishes and everybody in the Bullock family. And we will see you again in a quarter. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Greg. All right. See you later. That's Susie Bullock right there, getting ready to make her way to Memphis, Tennessee for Memphis in May. And she says, yes, absolutely. I should make it out there. And as I said, as Wes Wright was leaving, maybe that should be something that Wes Wright and I do together next year in 2014. We'll see. Maybe Seth Sawyer is going to be going to Memphis in May. We'll see in one second as he's ready to go. Before we get to him, I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies, getting you on the path. To better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa's has something for every outdoor cook. 
13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Pride, Cash Cow, Double Secret Steak Rub, Desert Gold, Hallelujah, you name it. These are all great. Use them every day in my kitchen and in the backyard. And so is in everybody else on the competition circuit or just everyday ham and eggers just like me trying to be the best backyard warrior we can be. Big Papa's is outfitting us with some great flavor. Also, the owner of Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that will please everybody, Granny's traditionally a powerful flavor reminds us of why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And then, of course, they are selling the cookers. Are you looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use? Check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Pop Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're looking at the website, you're not sure what you want or need, maybe you have some questions, call them and ask. 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or once again, shop the website at BigPopSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers. Dot com. We are back with Seth Sawyer right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right. Welcome back. And we thank Susie Bullock for joining us last segment. HayGrillHay.com is her website. And you can download the Hay Grill Hay app. It's free. Download it. Have access to all those nice recipes and all the other stuff that you can get on the website. But now in the comfort of your own hand right there. HayGrillHay.com. Coming out of the bullpen tonight, second time guest of the show, product manager over Charbroil. We talked a bit about the edge last year. But given the amount of attention electric grills have gotten on this show and in the industry over the past five or six months, I thought it'd be a good idea to have them back on and refresh ourselves a bit with this cooker. But perhaps more importantly, talk about this new conversation that has come up, which is the 110 versus 220 power need and where the truth is on this matter. So without any further ado, welcome back, Seth Sawyer. Hey, Seth. Hey, Greg. How you doing? I am absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you making time for the show once more and excited to talk about the edge here this evening. But let's go ahead and lead with what we've been talking with every other guest about, the YouTube poll question of the week, which is this. Seth, does it matter to you if a barbecue restaurant has Brunswick stew on the menu, yes or no? I don't. I don't think so. No. I mean, I some of my favorite restaurants don't have it. All right. So currently, one hundred percent of voters are in agreement, saying no, they don't care if Brunswick stew is on the menu. So that looks like it might pull its weight all the way through a wire-to-wire winner. One hundred percent no. So we'll see how that goes here through the remainder of the evening. So before we get into the breakdown of the edge unit itself, let's go ahead and have that electricity conversation up front. Uh, just to set the stage a little bit, like a month and a half, two months ago, I was at the HPBA Expo in Louisville, and I spoke to a number of CEOs or high-ranking officials that all the folks that were exhibiting out there. And I asked everyone, what do you think about 2023 being the year of the full-size electric grill? And everybody thought that it was valid or they have some concepts or they want to get something in the works or maybe they already have something coming down the pipe but to a man and woman they all said 
this is 220 space. This isn't 110 space. So I pose the question back to you as somebody who has a 110 product on the market right now that seems to be doing pretty well. Where do you sit on 220 and why would these other manufacturers say this is what it needs to be when it looks like that's a bunch of headaches? Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a really good question. And I, I think the answer is that 220 makes everything a whole lot um, easier, um, but it's also just not practical for a lot of consumers, right? And so um, Edge being 110 kind of was the big breakthrough. And to be honest, we've had a lot of conversations when we go to trade shows and stuff and people are looking at 220, but so far Edge has been the only one that's been able to kind of break through that um, you know that performance limitation with the 110 and and to be honest um, you know when you look at some of the science behind it uh, electric is not the most efficient heat source it's not as efficient as a direct flame or charcoal or anything like that and so there are some limitations there and it is a technical challenge um, how to get around it and so it's it's not easy you know I, I kind of thought that once we came out with Edge there might would be some some fast followers that sort of looked at what we did and tried to try to duplicate it, but it hasn't really happened yet. Um, you, electric grills are a whole lot bigger in Europe because of the two twenty volt, two forty volt thing than they are in the U.S. Um, but like you said, so far it's it's been a challenge to get it down to the one ten size. When you were developing the cooker, did you have a two twenty version, or is there a two twenty volt sitting in the warehouse somewhere? Well, so we actually uh, are, we have a Charbroil European um, team and office, and they, they launched a European version um, of the Edge product just this year, actually. So it's called the Smart E, and it's available in Europe in the 220 volt platform. But most people start with 220 and then try to bring it down to 110. We actually never even looked at 220. Um, the, our whole focus and our whole you know, project was about delivering this in 110 for the U.S. market. Uh, to, to be honest, that doing it in 220 is easy, right? So we did that after after we proved out the 110 volts. I'm not very bright, so help me understand from a performance standpoint why 220. I mean, I, I get that it's double the amount, but what are we looking at from heating up or temperature ranges, things like this? Yeah, I mean, the if you look at the specs of most of the electric grills in the U.S most of them will call out max temperatures of anywhere from 450 to 550. A couple of them will say they max at 600, but they're, they're really small. A lot of elect, almost all of them are 240 inches or below. Some of the more expensive ones are 150 square inches, which is, you know, at that point you're talking about two stakes and your, your grates full. Um, and so electric is just, it can heat a small surface area fine, the problem becomes as soon as you go over that 200 square inch size, it's just not the most efficient um, uh, means of heating space. And so size is really the, the constraint more so than heat. And so as, as you get bigger, if you go over 200 inches, 240 inches, you typically have to sacrifice performance. So your heat up times go down and your max temperature goes down as well. Um, but the edge happens to simultaneously be both the biggest and and the hottest one um, at the uh, 110 volt rating right now. You had mentioned you thought maybe there were going to be some quick jumpers on to get something to market. I had heard for any number of months at this point that Napoleon was going to be releasing. I thought the one that Weber was putting out earlier in the year was going to be a full-size grill, but it ended up being just like an electric version of whatever the Weber Q looks like. Now, I've heard from a number of folks that have it. It's got a great space, versatile, blah, 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 but it's not a full-sized 
It doesn't look like a big full-size gas grill that's electric. It looks like a portable grill. What do you think from a... Are people just not ready to do or compete in the 110 space because they just don't feel comfortable with it, even though you've proven it out? I think it's a... I think it's a one is still the technical challenge. You know, every every company's engineering group has to kind of go um, and how they can do some of the things that we did. You know, they do have to figure out the tech side of things to be able to deliver that performance. But there's also, um, you know, the issue of electric grills have always been for 15, 20 years, they've been these portable tabletop things. And it's hard for people to get out of that mindset. And, and I think our competitors and some other big grill brands just aren't even thinking about the fact that there's, there's these whole batches of consumers out there that want to have a full-size grill and either can't, like aren't allowed to, or are tired of messing with propane. Mm. And so right now, they don't have a whole lot of options, and I think people haven't necessarily recognized that yet. Uh, Wes Sawyer joining us here on the show from Charbroil, product manager over there. So let's dive into the edge a little bit more. Um, how long did it take to get to market, and um, when did you officially launch it? Yeah, so we launched it last summer or or late last spring, I guess, around uh, about a year ago. Um, it was probably a two year development from the time we had the idea to the time it went live on the um, on the site. But uh, we did launch it last summer. It's available on charbroil dot com, um, and then a couple select retailers. We did sort of a a controlled, a little bit more of a measured launch with it being such a new thing. Um, to be honest, we knew it was a unique enough product that it wasn't quite ready to just be, you know, dropped in the middle of a Lowe's or a Home Depot uh, mm. floor just yet. And so we've kind of been a little more um, cautious with the rollout of it. How does it work? Uh, you know, it it works great in my mind. So it's uh, just in terms of some general specs, it's it's 330 inches. So it's about the size of a three burner um, gas grill. If you're looking at like a mid-range gas grill, it's about that, that same size. It'll heat up to uh, 700 degrees max temperature, which is hotter than you know some gas grills even will get. It'll get up to 500 degrees in 15 minutes. Um, I don't know how familiar out you uh, cook on infrared, but it is an infrared cooking system. And it uses one of the unique features of it is the grates are um, 100 anodized aluminum. And so obviously the, that will never rust. Also gives you a much more than heat distribution and it's a big part of the you know the heat up time that we're able to do there um you know there it's a very premium finish for sure but it's a it's a part of how that product can deliver the performance that it does when you open the lid let's say we get it to 500 or, or 600 degrees by the way um, when you look at it from a user interface perspective it's just a single dial you set the temperature punch it in and you know, now it's off and racing so once you get to 500 550 600 whatever and then you lift the hood to flip burgers or flip steaks or whatever, and you close it, I mean, all the heat's getting out very quickly. How quick does it recover versus a gas or a charcoal cooker? Yeah, I, th I think that it is, it is dead on par with, with a gas or a charcoal grill, and it's miles ahead of other electrics because that is honestly where most electrics struggle today. You can take you know some of the other products out there and you can heat them up to the max temp, uh, and you put a steak on or some chicken and it'll sear the first side fine. But once you open the lid, all the heat's gone and it never recovers. And you'll notice the second side after you flip it never gets a very good sear mark. And that's because it dropped, you know, 250 degrees and just kind of never recovered. But this one with the, the sort of high efficiency, 
um, element system that we built and then combined with the aluminum grates, it heats back up really quick. And so that allows you to do more open lid cooking. You can check on food and not worry about having to, you know, lose the heat, um, throw down a bunch of frozen stuff and it, it does recover very. So it, it truly gives you the experience and the same results and performance as cooking on just an outright gas grill. And you just need a regular outlet. Um, can you run an extension cord to it as well? Or is that kind of guarded against? Yep. No, you can. I mean, we recommend just, it's got a 12 foot cord, so it's got a decent length already. We recommend just plugging it in. But the only thing that we say is to get the best performance, just have it on a dedicated circuit. Nothing special. Just don't have like a blender plugged into the other side of it or whatever, because you want to be able to pull, you know, all the wattage out of that, out of that outlet, but no special requirements at all. From a taste perspective, we know what we get when, uh, you know, juices will hit a flavorizer bar and a gas grill, vaporize, go back up into the meat. Obviously, we know we're dealing with in charcoal similar with the edge then. Oh, absolutely. And honestly, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions with electric. You know, when you're talking about live fire products, that's that's one thing. But when you're looking at a gas grill, so many people seem to think that you need that that flames themselves, actual flames are creating all these flavors and that not not even flames from drippings but flames from the burners and that's just not that's just not you know the the case what you need is heat um and some fat and some salt and some other things right and so uh this grill gets hot enough and then with the infrared system that it it smokes a ton if i put a fatty steak down and i've got this thing heated up to 600 it will smoke every bit as much as a gas grill will, you can also get flare-ups on it. I mean, because it's heated so hot that the fat drips down and it acts just like fat dripping onto vaporizer bars on a gas grill. And so, you know, there's actually, um, there was a review and one of the media partners put out a review and my favorite quote from it was he said, after cooking on this, my clothes smelled like I had been grilling. And then if you blindfolded me and gave me a steak from this and a gas grill, I would not be able to tell you which one. Mm was which and so it, it truly does replicate it and and honestly on some of the other electrics there is a difference you don't get the same sights and smells um the same smoke you know the same sort of sizzling and all that stuff but this one will will give you all of that in a next generation of edge maybe you're working on something like this already but do you have a power booster or some way to you know quicken up even the the, the preheating portion Ab absolutely you know i can say that we are always looking for the next thing. We're always looking to make incremental and large improvements. And so we're looking at ways to do, you know, how do you heat up even faster? You know, um, 700 degrees is pretty hot, but we also look at maybe how can you go hotter? Than, how can you go? How can you make a grill that's bigger in size, but still electric? So we're, you know, we're looking at all that stuff continually. And, and, you know, what I would say is edge is not a, as edge is not a one and done thing for us. It's, it's very much the beginning of, you know, uh, something we'd like to focus on. Just for the grill itself, what are we looking at price point wise? Uh, seven ninety nine is the MSRP, um, but we actually are, are running some promotions and stuff now, and so you can get it for about five ninety nine. Um, it's on Amazon on charbroil com. Occasionally, run some promotions even below that. We had it at four ninety nine um, a week or two ago, and so uh, about five ninety nine is where you can expect to see it. Anything else on the edge before I ask a couple other? Uh, charbroil but non-edge related questions no i think you i think you covered it good the big one i wanted to talk about was some of those flavor misconceptions right and where that comes from on uh on on gas grill and the, the other thing i would say is um there's there's whole groups of people out there 
people that live in condos, people that live in apartments, you know, older people that can't deal with driving to the gas station with a 20 pound propane tank strapped in the back. There's all these other people that we've talked to out there that want to grill and just can't mess with gas grills anymore. And so we're, you know, we've made this for them. Um, and also kind of to open the door to some other people when they realize that you can get the same performance without some of those hassles. I wanted to ask you underneath the grill grate, is the heating element there or is the heating element in a protected environment and it's just generating the heat? Do you have to worry about, you know, fat or whatever else dripping down directly onto the element? No. So it's, uh, if you look at the construction of the grill, the grates, it's a one piece grate system, but it's an infrared grate. So it blocks most of the drippings. There's some portholes that come through. Um, and then the element tray is underneath it and the, uh, the drip holes don't directly go onto the element, but it's, you don't have to do anything special. You can treat it just like a gas grill. Um, it, you know, you can leave it in the rain or, or do whatever it's been certified all the same ways. And so the element trays and stuff were, have the same lifespan and same serviceability as burners on a gas grill do. I was talking with Wes Wright at the bottom of the first hour and we were talking about charbroil and Gorilla grills specifically. And we weren't talking about the grills at all. We were talking about the fact that both companies have really great and affordable modular kitchen pieces that neither of you guys seem to care about promoting at all. And we're trying to figure out why they're, I mean, in our opinion, and who are we, but they seem to be nice, quality, uh, something that you don't have to, like Wes said, get a contractor out of your house, the trench into the yard and pour stone and all this other stuff why not go about marketing those pieces a little bit more uh, you know i'm <laughs> i'm really glad you said that because i agree it is a really nice um piece and not having to get contractor and cement and all that stuff together um is good they look great when they're together and the quality of them is good um and honestly i think that's a really good question we get caught up in um, innovation and what's next a lot. And sometimes I think don't, you don't always pay enough attention to the products that you do have. And that's one of the ones that everybody who's got them, you know, the reviews are great. Yeah. We hear great things from the people who have it and might be something we should pay a little more attention to. So Sawyer is the product manager over Charbroil talking about the edge here. So if you're interested, head on over to charbroil.com, take a look at it and then buy if you are so inclined. Seth, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. That's Seth right there. So, if you were concerned that this electric, full-size electric grill isn't going to give you the live fire flavor that you've been thinking about or used to, there are users that have it, that have used it, said, hey, you know what? We are experiencing the same stuff that we would get in the traditional cookers as well. So charbroil.com is a place to go to check it out. You can search for reviews online. I'm sure there's a bunch of videos on YouTube as well from folks that have them and are giving their reviews so you can be an educated consumer if you are in the market for a full-size electric grill. There's really only one out there. Let's go ahead and wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, 
Injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. And we thank Seth Sawyer for joining us from Charbroil, charbroil.com. He's their product manager. Now, let's go ahead and put the email address to the test and do a rub giveaway. Two different winners. So, first one to send me an email to this address, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com and in the subject line, put sweet and spicy will win this rub. And the first person to send me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com and put garlic and herb in the subject line will win this one. Don't put both on one subject line. Uh, independent emails and uh, two winners. So if you're the first one in on both, it doesn't count. You only get one. Sweet and spicy, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com or garlic and herb, Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com just to confirm that the show email address is continuing to work here as we've gone through the new website relaunch and things are reconnecting. I think I went through three months where I didn't have this email working at all. Just see the amount of email I was getting over the course of the week after this thing launched. Business opportunities, solicitations, you need to book this idiot on your show, blah, blah, blah. I hadn't got it in three months. I left a scathing review on Trustpilot for those kooks that purport to be web designers. Nonsense. Don't ever use them. Before you get a website, you make sure you tell me who you're dealing with, and I'll tell you if you need to run. No names, please, for them anymore. I won't even give them the courtesy of mentioning their name unless it's offline. All the way back in the first hour, we had Stephen Reichland making a triumphant return to the show. BarbecueBible.com is website. And then, fourth, uh, third, Tuesday of the month, third, third Tuesday of the month, regular in the 35 past the first hour, West right? CookoutNews.com. Leading the second hour, Susie Bullock from HeyGrillHey.com. And then closing out the show, Seth Sawyer from Charbroil, the product manager out there, Charbroil.com, talking about the full-size electric grill called The Edge. Big show planned for you next week. It's for Tuesday, so Derek Riches is going to be here. I believe there's a Chris Lilly sighting potentially, and the embedded correspondence says we will be deciding who we would put in for the 2023 Barbecue Hall of Fame, which will be announced the following day. 95% of you are saying Brunswick Stew, you don't care. I knew there'd be one mother effer blowing the hundred. Anyway, how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Off with championshipbbq.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show.